forgot my mic was on. I turned it on a little too early for that call. Sorry about that as we welcome you back into the fast lane. Uh, let's bring in a man who hopefully he was okay with me having to sit next to me during the cookout 400 this past weekend at Richmond. Uh, WFXR News' uh, sports director, Jermaine Farrell. My man, it, it is. Uh, it was good to see you in person this past weekend at Richmond. Hopefully, I was. I was a good. I was a good neighbor for you during during a uh, a, a good cup race. I tried to ignore you as much as I could, but sometimes you can't do that. So you just have to roll with it. <laughs> no, you were you were good, Trey. And uh, again, it's an honor to be on the fast lane uh, once again. Uh, and you know, like I said, it's a, it's a great time of the year. I mean, we're, we got the NASCAR getting down to the nitty gritty for the playoffs uh, with four races to go, and then also, you know, the football, college, you know, high school and pro, all those uh, things are getting ready to get going later this month. Yeah, it's uh, a busy time of you uh, for you and all the you know local news sports directors out there, whether uh, traveling all across the state. Uh, I know we were chatting. You're like. You're talking to me about all these uh, high school practices you have to film, but let, let's we'll talk about that in a second. But let's let's go back to the race. Obviously, you know Chris Busher gets it done uh, at Richmond. Uh, what were your thoughts about the you know Chris's performance and and the race as a whole? I thought that he did what he had to do to win the race. I mean, when, when you look at uh, the race as a whole, and 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 how I look at it is. You take advantage of the opportunities. I mean, his teammate, his his car owner, Brad Keselowski, was in a situation where he could have won the race, but he kept, you know, doing what he had to do to take that. And then uh, I think another thing too to to look at too when you when you look at the race itself. I mean, only three cautions, but two of the cautions were uh, cautions due to the stage uh, chain ending of a stage, and then of course there was a caution with you know ten laps to go and. Busher held on to beat, you know, Chesterfield native Denny Hamlin. And that was what you have to do because here's the thing, he was below the cut line. I mean, he was below the cut line. And he had he felt like he had to win. And to win for the first time at Richmond under those circumstances, I mean, you know, Trey, the inside of those cars was 135 degrees. I mean, just imagine sitting in a car 135 degrees for, you know, nearly three hours, more than three hours. I mean, that is dedication. And that's the reason why, you know, when you look at these NASCAR drivers, I mean, they're dedicated. I mean, they're in a dangerous sport. But also just to be in those conditions was, was tough. So, you know, I, I look at what he did. He did what he had to do. So now he's, he's relaxed. He's in the playoffs. And that's really the biggest thing, to, to get into the playoffs, you know, you have to win. Now what's going to be more interesting with four races to go, that bubble gets tight. Because the thing is, if you were if you were above the cut line and you didn't win a race, the worst thing you wanted to happen was someone below the cut line to win a race. But now that's happened, so that really, you know, you you really only have what two spots up for grabs. Three. Because I think the three, yeah, three spots. I'm sorry. So, I mean, a couple of the drivers are in good shape points wise, but as you get below down there, I mean, it's 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 a tough road to hoe. So. A lot of things got to happen. I mean, next week in Michigan, and then you have the road courses, and then you have Daytona. So, and uh, Super Speedway is always a wild card when it comes to you know playoff races. Absolutely, I, I you know you you look at it now. Brad is I think like 150 points. He looks pretty okay on points. Um, he really needs like three new winners at this point or below the cut line. 
Uh, Bubba, 54 to the good, seems to be doing okay, especially coming up to a track he was really fast at last year. And then, obviously, McDowell at 18, he he's he's kind of the one in, in the most danger. But let's talk about uh, your week coming up. Uh, you, you were talking to me at Richmond. You're like, as we were trying to schedule this interview, uh, you're like, I'm going to be busy filming high school football practices all week. What is that excitement like, uh, you know, for high school football as it, it starts ramping up here here in August? I think there is, uh, you, you mentioned it right there, there is excitement. These teams are fired up ready to get on the field. And when you look at, okay, here it is, it's August. And, uh, you know, you, they're getting into the practices. They're on the field. I, I just came from a practice. Northside was on the practice field. So I came back from that. And it's just such a, it's just, you know, such a special time, Trey. I mean, because these guys are ready for the season. And to me, it almost felt like we just ended the season but these guys, like I said, they're ready to get after the field. And, you know, they're starting to put on the shoulder pad part now. And then you're starting to put on the, uh, you know, your, your full pads. And you're trying to pop some pads. And you're really trying to get going. So that's that's where everybody's fired up and everybody's excited about. Because this is this is for some, their senior year might be the last time they play football. And so it's, it's going to be a fun time. And I, I feel that, you know, a lot of teams, you know, there's optimism. You know, every team out there feels like they're optimistic about winning, and you have to because everybody's 0-0. I mean, you're 0-0, and so you're very optimistic. You feel good about everything. But on the flip side, you know, you have to go out there and prepare, and these guys. And it just it just doesn't start, you know, obviously now. I mean, they've, they've done this through the offseason and then the winter workouts, spring workouts. You know, off-season workouts, seven-on-seven drills, you know, lineman drills, you know, lifting weights, getting in the weight room. So there's so much that you have to do to get ready. So it's not like it's something that they just started doing now. I mean, they put the work in. So now it's like, okay, now our practices are going and, and we're getting ready. So fun time for these guys, and I think that they will definitely look forward to that. And I know they're ready for the season. I mean, it starts August the 25th, so we'll have games starting then. So gonna be a fun time yeah definitely you know as you film these practices do you get a sense of like all right this is going to be a you know rebuilding year for one program versus like maybe a a, a team could could surprise you it's funny you you mentioned it i think i mean it's so early so it's kind of hard to tell i mean right now i mean you got some teams that return a lot of players or a lot of like you look at you look at a Patrick Henry. I mean, they return, you know, um, they return, you know, their starting quarterback. They return a linebacker, wide receivers, running back. They're deep. They have guys that have started, you know, you know, three or four seasons. You know, so they got that going on. And then you look at a Hidden Valley. They were they they uh, had a tough loss in the playoffs. And Laura Botot. They returned, you know, nineteen of uh, twenty two players. You know, so. You know, you, you look at you look at these teams and you say to yourself, wow, I mean, here's this. I mean, you know, it's big-time storylines. I mean, in our area, eight, new, uh, 12, 12, you have 12 coaches that are new to their programs. I mean, you, you know, it was a domino effect. You look at, you know, Jamar Lovelace. He left William Fleming. He goes to E.C. Glass. And you knew that if Jeff Woody were to leave, if there was a job that, you know, Jamar Lovelace would leave William Fleming for E.C. Glass because he's back home. Then you look at a Nick Leftwich. He was a K-Spring. You know, he had moderate success the two years there. You know, Jamar Lovelace had a great situation set up at Fleming. 
Nick Leftwich, a former assistant under Jamar Lovelace, he goes to William Fleming. So he probably figured that was what was going to happen. And so it's a domino effect. And then, you know, you know, you have, um, you know, you, you have, um, you know, all that going on. And, you know, Coach Leonard over at, um, over at K-Spring and his first job, you have a lot of coaches. This is their first head coaching opportunity. They were assistants, long-time assistants, not even head coaches. So we have seven in our area, seven football coaches. This is their first head coaching job. You know, you look at a coach, uh, Deloach, you know, out there and, and all that. So there's a really a fun time. It's going to be interesting when you look at EC Glass and, and Heritage. And one thing, just listening to what EC Glass has said, you know, we had it for a media day. There's one thing. I mean, they obviously want to have a successful season. They were in the state semis last year. But one thing, you look at the rivalry, and it's Heritage and EC Glass. And Heritage has, has had that jug overall for Timberlake for a long time. And EC Glass wants that jug back. And, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think, you know, Heritage has won 14 in the last 15 or something like that. So, you know, now you're thinking to yourself, you know, we got to get the jug back. We got to do all that. And it's going to be a spirited game. And when you look at the Seminole District as a whole, Trey, you know, all those coaches are kind of intertwined. It's a unique, you know, relationship that all the coaches have in the Seminole because there's a lot of respect for not only the teams, the tradition, the fact that all those teams have been in state championships or have won state championships and, you know, their coaches have won state championships either as a player or as a coach or whatever. So they're a competitive district, you know, the River Ridge is competitive. The the uh, you know the Blue Ridge is competitive. All the districts in our area are very competitive, and so and I don't want to leave any out, but you know all of them are tough. So it's all about what you're doing now, running plays, and I think what coaches want to see from their players, Trey, they want to see these players get after it. You know, make a move, passion, run to the ball, run out of the huddle, run to the run to the line of scrimmage you know, show urgency because that's what they want to see from their players. Yeah, it's, a, I think, a really good point. And speaking of, you know, urgency and wanting to see more from your players, let, let's move to uh, the college ranks in, in Virginia Tech in Virginia. The ACC preseason poll came out, mentioned it a moment ago during the Fast Five Five-ish. Tech pin, picked to finish 11th. Given their history, it feels kind of weird to say that, that their pick finished 11th in the ACC. Uh, and UVA uh, dead last. And, uh, you know, you look at the point totals, it wasn't relatively close for Virginia. Uh, looking at both of these teams, let's let's start with the Hokies. Obviously, the quarterback battle is kind of the, the marquee headline. Where would you assess your kind of expectations for, for both teams? I think the expectation, first of all, for the Virginia Tech Hokies is, you know, when you look at last year, I mean, there are about three games they could have won. They lost. I mean, they finished three and eight. But heck, if you flip those three games, you know, the Old Dominion game, the Georgia Tech game, uh, the Miami game, I mean, they're six and five going to the bowl. So those are things that you have to look at. And it's just the little things. I mean, you can't have 15 penalties in the game. I mean, that's not going to get it done. So if you turn over the ball and you have penalties, you're not going to win. And 15 penalties is way too many things. And that could come with experience and talent and all that. But this Virginia Tech team last year, I mean, like I said, they're not that far off. So, you know, you get a you get a, you know, Allie Jennings in there and, you know, you sell the quarterback spot and you get the recruit because they're really recruiting the state of Virginia very well. I think for Virginia Tech to call it a season, I think they have to go to a bowl. I think that's really where the rubber meets the road. They have to go to a bowl. And I think, I think with their schedule, six wins is doable. 
as a, as a benchmark. I think six wins is, is something that can be done. But when you look at the crew from Charlottesville, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's bigger than football with the tragedy and everything else. And, and what a courageous Mike Collins, you know, all the things he went through. I mean, the fact that all those things happened to him and then, you know, for him to be back on the field playing, I mean, that's just a blessing from God. And he, his faith has really carried him through and so many other people, but it's just, and now it's going to come, all right, when that first game hits, I mean, these are guys that you went to, went to battle with and these were your brothers and now they're no longer with you. And I know it hits them very different stages. And I think, you know, you look at UVA schedule, it's a tough schedule at the gate. I mean, you look at their first four games, you know, you play Tennessee at Tennessee, but it's really Nashville, but you might as well say it's a, a Tennessee home game. Then you come back home, you face James Madison, which will be the first home game at Scott Stadium since the tragedy. And James Madison is a good ball club because, A, they, they could have made a bowl game, you know, if it wasn't for the, those screwball-y Sunbelt rules. And then, you know, you have a couple of back-to-back Friday games. You go to Maryland, which they were in a bowl game last year. Coach Loxie has really got that program humming along. And then, you know, you come back home the following Friday, and uh, then you play – William and Mary, which is coached by Mike London. You know Mike London's team last year, they they won a round in the F you know, the FCS playoffs and they are, you know, in the C double They're not in the colonial anymore. I mean I forgot what they called it, but it's something it's the coastal. They're in the coastal you know, the I, I will always call it the college, colonial. Don't worry about is, it. But it's it's just silly that they change the name and that's an argument for another day. They can do that. So and they're not going to be easy out. So I think if you're UVA, if you can get off to at least a two and two start, you feel good about things, and you probably can build on that. But it's just going to be a tough season, you know, because the key is okay, can Tony Musket be the guy at quarterback? And I think with Brent Pry and Tony Elliott, this was their first year as head coaches. Now you're in your second year. I mean, Coach Elliott went went again went with you know had things happen in his program and to him that you don't wish on your worst enemy. You don't wish that on anybody. And then Coach Pry, you know, dealt with the adversity of just how the team played. But they ended the season last year with a win in Liberty and, and all that. And then, of course, Liberty with their new head coach, Jamie Chadwell. They're picked in second in Conference USA. And I think Liberty has a good shot at winning the conference. I mean, they're, I mean, Liberty could probably win eight or nine games, you know. So it'd be neat. And obviously, if you are the regular season Conference USA champion, you get to host a championship game. And I'm sure that's something Liberty would love. You look at VMI with Frank Rocco, which everybody knows about him. I'm sorry, uh, Danny Rocco, not Frank Rocco. Danny Rocco, sorry, his brother Frank, LTA coach. But Danny Rocco coaching VMI and Coach Steinspring up there with his pedigree of where he's been, you know, following Coach Rocco at uh, at uh, Delaware and obviously being the offense coordinator for Virginia Tech. So there's a lot of things. And, and, and VMI, Trey, wasn't too far removed from – winning the conference and going to the playoffs. So, and a lot of those guys are probably still with the team, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that. So, and, and then, you know, it, it's just going to be a fun time of the year. I mean, can teams do it? Because at the end of the day, they say that there's really three areas that are key to the success of a football team. Number one is just offensive and defensive line. Man, that's 1A and 1B together right there. You know, obviously quarterback play, and then you know defensive back, and they make play. So it's going to be an interesting season to see how our Commonwealth teams do. 
But right now, I've yet to say who are the ones that are looking pretty strong right now at the Division One level. You had to say it's James Madison, and, as well as you know Liberty looking good at, uh, at the FBS level. Well, yeah, FBS level. Yeah, I mean, if if JMU could win its conference, I'd say JMU and Liberty are the two most likely to win their conference this year. Uh, I think that's a that's a really good point. Uh, Jermaine Farrell, sports director from WFXR in Roanoke. Uh, Roanoke native. Uh, he is, uh, of course, uh, always there for Friday Night Lights. He's there also on Saturdays. He's a very busy man come football season. So uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. How can uh, listeners connect with you? Is uh, football season is just here, frankly. It's it's not coming. It's here. Well, a couple of things. We, we're going to have our Friday Night Blitz preseason uh, preview special out air on August the 18th at 5.30 and 10.30. And new this year, where our Friday Night Blitz show will come on air at 10.30. So we take you from August all the way through December. So we'll have like 17 shows. Uh, we're going to have our college football countdown to kickoff special. That'll be August the 31st at 5.30. All that stuff on WFXR. You can check me out on Twitter at Jermaine Farrell. Uh, and we also have David Guzman and Ryan Moy, my teammates who do a tremendous job. Uh, so it's a blessing to have those guys with us. And it's going to be a fun season, and we'll, we'll get you locked down on WFXR. And I know, Trey, you're holding down the fort for the man to miss the legend, Ed Lane, the fast lane. So good work with you. Yeah, he's sipping, he's sipping his Mai Tais on the beach right now. So uh, he'll be back next week. But uh, thank you so much, my friend, uh, for joining us. It was good to see you this past weekend. And uh, look forward to uh, chatting you up uh, during football season. Good deal. And thank you for all you do, Trey. You're doing a good job. And it's great to see how you've grown from your time at Virginia Tech to where you are now. I mean, you are you're one of the rising stars, and I'm proud of how you've done things. And, and kudos to you. And whatever I can do to help, you, just let me know. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And no, folks, I did not pay him to say that. Jermaine Farrell, sports director from WFXR News. Thanks so much, man. You're welcome, sir. Anytime. Uh, coming up in a moment on the fast lane for to wrap up the show, we'll uh, talk about another Virginia Tech graduate. My uh, my graduate, me, my my co-host for the Foul Ball Area Podcast, Matt Atkins. We'll talk all things MLB trade deadline. That's coming up in a matter of moments to wrap up the fast lane. 